On today's episode of the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast, we're going to be going the resu- over the results of AEW Dynamite. Uh, WWE thanking talent and thanking talent and staff for Monday Night Raw. Zelina Vega speaking on a WWE return. Australian Morning Show gets the Waller effect. A new WWE partnership. Keith Lee speaks on two surgeries. The real reason for Perazzo TNA departure. We also have our follower shout out. This day in wrestling history. So get your ring gear on. Lace up those boots. Step through the ropes. And ref, ring the bell. set for at least one hour. Introducing your hosts from Fort Worth, Texas, at a total combined weight of 430 pounds, Kevin and Chris Newell, the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast. everybody and welcome to the cross promo pro wrestling podcast i'm kevin and i'm chris and we are one of the few father-son pro wrestling podcast shows uh just got done watching dynamite and uh it was a pretty good main event thoroughly enjoyed it and uh it definitely got our match of the night um i was gonna be all like and that takes us right into our match of the night segment where no no, we, we usually no. do that during the, the match thing. But uh, there's some other things we're going to go over. Uh, so let's just dive right on in. Dynamite. All right, so Dynamite kicked off with Dustin Rhodes taking on Christian Cage for the TNT title. Uh, he had a note in here uh said Cage into steps. At one point... Uh, Dustin Rhodes had thrown Cage into the steps a certain way where he kind of ended up bouncing off the steps or I guess sliding across them and ended up a few feet away from them so that threw him that hard yeah alright well of course he had uh, several interference attempts by uh, Nick Wayne as usual until he ended up getting laid out yeah uh, but then uh, Christian Cage came out on top uh, with the win by pinfall. What? Uh, or would it be knocked out? Either, either way, he was on the ground after Dustin had He went night night. So Christian Cage's record is now 1-0, and uh, Dustin Rhodes' record is now 2-1, and no longer undefeated. Uh, next, he had an interview with Swerve and Prince Nana in the back. Uh, basically saying he's got eyes everywhere and uh, about uh, talked about the title and Hangman Adam Page. He was asked if he was going to be watching the main event. And then he said of course he is because I mean who wouldn't be watching the main event. Uh, Then in another interview 
Uh, Jer- Chris Jericho blaming uh, Don Callis family for the loss that they had on, on uh, Battle of the Belts. And um, spoke about his future match he's going to have with, uh, I believe, Matt Sidal on Rampage this Friday. All right, then we go on to a tag match. You have Trent Beretta and Orange Cassidy teaming up against Commander and Penta L Zero Miedo. With uh, at one point you had no wait that was after the match. You had Trent. The match ended when Trent Beretta pinned Commander, uh, making him his team tw- two to one, two yeah two and one for Trent Beretta and four and zero oh for Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Then you had Commander, who is now 0-3, and, and Penta, who is going into the year 0-1 in his first match. Then after that match, like almost immediately after, you had uh, the Undisputed Kingdom, well, at least three members of it. Um, you had Taven, Bennett, and Roger Strong coming out, and over here talking about how they wanted a title match. Well, how he won the title match. So that there's gonna looks like there's gonna be a title match at Revelation. Then you had Mark Briscoe coming out talking about his brother Jay Briscoe. Yes, uh, today marks the um, sadly marks the one year anniversary of when uh, Jay Briscoe had uh, passed away due to a uh, car accident. So this would be the one-year anniversary of that tragic incident. Yeah, and he was joined by Jay's three kids during that. One of them being uh, Jay's oldest uh, el- oldest daughter, who after that car accident, uh, doctors had said that she may not walk again, but she proved them wrong. She was right up there on stage with her uncle. Uh... Then after that, you had a interview with Nick and Matt Jackson, who were talking about how they want to change their name. Uh, you had basically Nicholas and Matthew. You know you can speak up. <clears throat> oh yeah, sorry. Uh, you have them sort of changing their attitude. Um, well, I mean they're changing the way they look and their attitude. Yeah, trying to look more, I guess, I guess, quote-unquote professional. They're wearing suits now. Yeah. Uh, they took a few jabs at CM Punk, it seemed, during that promo. Talking about interview. how they had lost sight of what their original goal was for with AEW. And AEW was supposed to be changing or revolutionizing something with professional wrestling. Yeah. And it seems that they said all they did was fill it with their locker room with toxic cancerous people that would bring down the company and everything and uh, I mean that that I mean sure maybe but I mean there's still some drama coming in from within the company that yeah. isn't exactly that quote unquote still jabbing at the other company I would guess more on that later on yeah is it going to be another episode of Twitter Watch yeah it's going to be uh, dad's going to your old man's going to be venting. Oh. All right. Uh, that followed up with a match. Vent watch. Six vent. Mo- yeah. Vent watch. Uh, it's going to be a, it was a six man tag match 
with Bullet Club Gold taking on Mogul Embassy for the Ring of Honor's three-man tag championship. Uh, Pretty good evenly matched uh, bout here. At one point during the match, though, close to the end, Prince Nana had tried to uh, knock out Jay White with one of the title belts, but out came Anthony Bowens of the Acclaim to save Bullet Club Gold. Uh, but then ended I guess up that extra help was kind of needed after all. It was because that's what helped Jay pin uh, Bishop Bishop Khan and get the win for his team and becoming new Ring of Honor three man tag champions. So now they're both tag champions. Yes, you got the acclaim. Champions. You got the acclaim being the trios champions for AEW. And Bullet Club Gold being trio champions for Ring of Honor. So, if you ever were to make a faction, there you go, right there. The whole entire faction has gold. They or, could actually or stable. Really. They could actually say they have all the gold. Yeah, they can actually get away with saying that at that point, as far as tag division goes. Uh, this leaves Jay White. This leaves Bullet Club Gold. All three members. They are one and zero, starting off the year right, and with a title win. Uh, as for the Mogul Embassy, uh, Toa Leona and Bishop Connor both one and two. Brian Cage, still confused on what his gimmick is, is one and three. Uh, immediately after, uh, you had the acclaimed up on stage with Bullet Club Gold sit- still standing in the ring. And it looks like this actually may happen. We don't know yet if they're going to be forming up in order to take on uh, the Undisputed Kingdom. Uh, immediately after, and speaking of Undisputed Kingdom, Adam Cole uh, basically putting everyone on notice and to watch out for Wardlow because he's coming after the AEW Championship title. Uh, following after, you had Deanna Perrazzo taking on Anna Jay with Tony Storm at ringside uh, on commentary. And... Um, Pretty good match. Um, Deanna Prazo picking up the win by uh, making Anna J tap to submission. And there was a sign of respect from both competitors right after the match. But all of a sudden, uh, we I had... I guess Tony Storm interrupted that. No, we actually had an immediate interview in the ring. Uh, Renee Paquette had to start, uh, went on ahead and was interviewing Deanna Prazo and asked if she had anything anything to say to Tony Storm and uh, Deanna was saying at one point we were a team but you've changed but there also I have changed as well you may remember Deanna Prazo but you don't remember the Virtuosa so you've got the Virtuosa taking on pretty much the golden years of cinema um, and then it led to Tony Storm throwing her shoes at Deanna Prazo and Deanna Prazo ducking every one of them and throwing them back at Tony Storm and Tony Storm leaving. I guess she remembered to watch the shoe. Yeah, yeah. She took cues and to watch for the shoe. All right, you've got a uh, another tag match that had happened. Uh, it was uh, Chris. Go ahead. 
you had Mark Quinn and Isaiah Cassidy, uh, Private Party, against Top Flight, which is Darius Martin and Dante Martin. Yeah, brothers. I was to say the Martins. Uh, the, where, again, good match of skills. Very evenly matched. Uh, there was also double teaming. So, I guess, overall good ma- tag match. Yeah. A good, uh, even tag match there. Where, at one point, it was... At the end, it was won by pinfall, by private party, on when uh, Quinn got the pin on Darius, mm-hmm. bringing his team, private party, to 1-0, and oh, and top flight with Darius Martin being 0-1, oh and, and Dante Martin being 0-2. Oh I almost forgot to say the record for... Okay, so Deanna Prazo in that previous match... Deanna Prazo's record, she's 2-0, so she is undefeated. Anna J, 1-3. Sorry, Chris. That's all right. Suddenly, another match. And then we go into our main event. Oh, well, oh, oh, oh. Well, I guess not just any main. main event. It became our match of the night. Match of the night. We had Hook versus Samoa Joe for the AEW World Championship. Some... Joe successfully defending this his title in this match and this resulted in the first loss of the year for Hook who is now 1-1 one one. Samoa Joe being 1-0 oh. as for highlights we had Hook putting up a, a good fight surprisingly good fight and in defiance too outside the ring yeah. Joe was like telling him come on Hooky da 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 and you know, Hook gave him the double bird, which yeah. enraged Joe even more. And th- this was after we finally saw the commentary table just break. Finally, yes. Uh, Joe slammed Hook onto the table, and uh, it finally exploded. Taz, at one point, was at a loss for words. Well, yeah, because it's his son. And... At one point, you had Hook kicking out of a mus- a muscle buster. And then he- Hook was able, after all the stuff that had happened before, getting slammed into the AEW table, that uh, sort of having his back hit the apron of the ring, uh, he was still able to, deep- to do a T-bone suplex to Samoa Joe. Wasn't enough to get him the win, but he didn't exactly get pinned or submit either. In fact, the match ended when Joe was able to put him in that the, the lock that he does. I'm not sure what it's called. I can't remember the name of it right now. But he put him in that, that hold, and he passed out. Yeah. And even after that, he was, again, standing defiant, that telling Joe, asking if that's all he's got. Yeah, that was after the match. Yeah. He was wanting more, and Joe was happy to deliver, and slammed him around again and then after that again still defiant you had adam page coming out seeming to to help hook there yeah and have a stare down with samoa joe but he wasn't alone you also had swore strickland sort of in the crowd with, with Nana. Nana. Yeah. we both had the same thought there yeah just both of them staring at samoa joe saying you know you know, you better look out because we're coming for the titles too. You may have you may have fought Hook, 
Hook put up one heck of a match, though. Yeah. I, I, I don't think this is going to be the end of Hook as far as any chase for the AEW world title. Uh, I, for one, am a Hook fan. I mean, I was beforehand, but after, I'm, this, I'm, match. after this match, I, it, it's it's similar to the um, similar to the Jeff Hardy versus Undertaker match on Monday Night Raw, that ladder match that you saw. Yeah, it, it's it's similar to that, but I mean, Samoa Joe wasn't going to show any sign of respect to Hook. He just was going to continuously go in there to whoop his butt. Yeah, Taker didn't do that. He, yeah. he wasn't like that. Yeah, but it was it. Th- this match had similar feelings to that, you know, that yeah, Underhook looked to um, Underhook. Underhook. Uh, Hook may he, seem to have been the underdog in this match, but didn't care. He still put up a fight, and he did too. I mean, his uh, T-bone suplex to Samoa Joe was not expecting him to be able to do that after what damage was done to him. Was not even and right out right off the bat at the beginning of the match too. Samoa Joe Irish whipping uh, Hook into the barricade, but Hook immediately got up on the barricade and did a diving Superman punch and knocked Joe to the floor. And in the first time ever I've seen Joe get knocked to the floor that fast within the beginning of the match. You know, I'm, and I don't mean fell to one knee. I mean fell on his face that quickly. That sounds kind of funny when you put it like that. Yeah, I mean, it, it was... It was unbelievable to see that. And the match, too. So that gets our stamp of match of the night. All right. Uh, so we'll go ahead and... Um, before we get on to anything else, let's go over quickly things that happened on this day in pro wrestling history. Today in pro wrestling history. All right. So, in 1991, Vader had defeated Tatsumi Fujinami uh, for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship in Tokyo. In, nine, in 1992, the Mountie beat Bret Hart for the WWE Intercontinental Championship at a house show in uh, Massachusetts just 48 hours before their uh, scheduled title match at the Royal Rumble. Uh It was there uh, that Bret Hart had also wrestled against Doctor's Orders with a high fever. That's how the Mountie kind of got the better hand. But before uh, before that, Rowdy Piper came out, made the save, setting up a match between him and the Mountie at the at the Royal Rumble. In that similar end, in that match, that's where Rowdy Piper had beat the Mountie and become Intercontinental Champion. This was Rowdy, Rowdy, Rowdy Piper's one and only WWE title that he's ever won in the company. He only got one? He only had one. Uh, in 1994, the Quebecers defeated the 1-2-3 Kid and Marty Jannetty to win back their WWE Championship at a house event in Madison Square Garden. And Owen Hart won a 30-man uh, Royal non-televised Royal Rumble that lasted over an hour. And uh, in the main event of that, you had Shawn Michaels, Randy Savage, Diesel, Bret Hart, Crush, 
and Rick Martell. I believe in some sort of tag match there. Uh, then, in 2000, WCW Heavyweight Championship, uh, after winning the WCW Heavyweight Championship, uh, bef- uh, with sold out, Chris Benoit was stripped of his newly won title. This was before he left the company to go to WWE. In 2000, later also that year, Test had defeated Big Boss Man for the WWE Hardcore Championship on Raw. Tyler Black, also better known as Seth Rollins, had defeated Nigel McGuinness, one of the commentators now for AEW, uh, in the main event of Ring of Honor's Full Circle. In 2010, Hernandez and Matt Morgan had defeated uh, the British Invasion, Brutus, uh, Magnus, and Dog Williams for the TNA World Tag Team Championship at TNA Genesis. In 2016, uh, Iron Mike Sharp passed away at the age of 64. He was uh, most noted uh, with long-term fans of WWE in the mid-80s, late-90s, who would wrestle as a jobber, maining squash matches, things like that. He was at one point managed by Captain Lou Albano and made his his debut. He was announced... Canada's greatest athlete. He uh, Sharp had stayed with WWE until he retired in 1995. After retirement, opened up a wrestling school in New Jersey, uh, where he trained wrestlers such as the names of Charlie Haas and Nova. All right, so notable birthdays. Mark Briscoe celebrating a birthday today, and it's kind of a sad. Uh, well, um, actually, he's celebrating a birthday tomorrow. His birthday is tomorrow, so I don't know why he popped up on our thing here. So, we're time traveling. Apparently. Uh, Dexter Loomis, your guy. And my you, guy as well. I was about well. to say, I thought you liked him too. Uh, I love the heck out of him because of this of his uh, gimmick. Uh, celebrating a birthday today. He is turning 39. Uh, the next we had uh, Chase Stevens celebrating his 44th birthday uh, debuted in professional wrestling in 1998 and um, well, has wrestled for uh, many wrestling companies WCW uh, WWE and then lastly, uh, Kevin Thorne celebrating his 46th birthday today. Uh, mainly had wrestled um, had wrestled for Memphis Championship Wrestling, um, as well as OVW. Had at one point wrestled in SmackDown as the alternate version of The Undertaker, and that's Mordecai. Basically, Invasion Undertaker, but not all in black, but all in white. It's basically the yin and yang, but they mm-hmm. never had a match. Um, so wait, there was an alternate Undertaker, but they never had a match. Exactly. If you saw him, you'd be like, "That's basically a ripoff of the Undertaker, but 
like a different weird creepy version of the Undertaker. Alright, so now we move on to our next segment and of course that is the news. Today in Pro Wrestling News. Alright, well Chris, you get to kick things off here. Something going on within WWE. Well, remember how we were talking about Andrade possibly going to WWE, right? Or coming back to WWE, yes. Oh, yeah, the phrasing of that. Yeah, sorry about that. Eh. Well, he he put a social media post out where it, it was basically a, a selfie of him and this little hourglass thing, but all the sand's at the top and it's falling down, a little emoji. Uh-huh. And then Selena Vega reacted with... A similar emoji, but the sands at the bottom. Are we possibly seeing them reunite? Because in the beginning, when he was wrestling in NXT, she was his manager. So we could be seeing a possible replacement for Rey Mysterio and a new addition to LWO. And a very, I would say, a very good rival for Santos Escobar. If they don't get Carlito to do it. Oh, no, no, no. Imagine. Imagine that kind of a matchup. Granted, I do think this would be... Because we've seen him on AEW. Like, he is really, really good. Very the matches good. matches we've seen. I mean, come on. He, look who, who his wife is. Charlotte Flair. Look who his father-in-law is. Who's probably gotten some training from Ric Flair. That would explain... Uh, submission he we've seen him use a few times yeah but yeah that that would be a good rivalry there the I think so alright uh, so uh, Triple H had gone to social media and uh, just wanted to thank all the talent of uh, that showed up for Monday Night Raw and also the staff the production crew uh, that helped out make Raw possible during what was a very fierce kind of blizzard conditions in uh, Little Rock, Arkansas. We thought the power here was going to go out again. Yeah. Uh, he said, quote, I can't say enough about the amazing job our talent, crew, and staff did these last few days. Through winter storms, blizzards, and incredibly tough travel, they did what needed to be done to put on a show for the WWE Universe. Now, uh, he had mentioned the WWE crew complete had to completely redesign the stage, as everyone and Chris and I had noticed uh, Monday night. I was gonna say I think we noted where no, you were talking about how it was different. Yeah, uh, with the amount of space that they had, they had 24 hours. They had one full day to get everything together, uh, due to the fact. Um, that uh, some of the equipment for making the big, huge Titantron-like stage uh, had issues making it to the show due to uh, the weather. So they improvised and made that stage set, which was pretty good. Everyone was thinking that, oh, it's a new set and everything. That wasn't. It was an improvised uh, stage set. And it looks to be similar to kind of the ones that they would use for... uh, NXT? No, uh, WWE live events, untelevised. Kind of similar to that. Uh, 
I haven't went, seen the live event. Yeah. We, it, you'll see it in like social media videos and photos. Uh, Triple H then concluded saying, quote, uh, they really are the best in the business. To put it simply, I couldn't be more proud or grateful, end quote. So, uh, Triple H really, I mean, they've got a real, real good team there that, um, you know, they did really well and put on and put together one heck of a show to make sure everything came out the way they did. And, you know, we were thoroughly entertained. Chris, you got more coming out of WWE? Well, we had we had WWE announcing a new partnership with uh, a nonprofit organization, uh, American Corporate Partners. Uh, they are dedicated to empowering veterans and active duty spouses, and as a sort of a part of the partnership, uh, Montez Ford, who is a, I remember he was uh, he's a uh, he's a Marine. Yeah, uh, former United States Marine. Uh, uh, there's a thing that they say in the Marines: once a Marine, always a Marine. There's no former. Don't put the former in front of it. Uh, sorry. Uh, your sorry great your your great uncle is a Marine. Oh, cool. You, you, we've got, we've got. Not, not only am I an army veteran, but you've got veterans on pretty much both sides of the family. So. Uh, he was. They were saying that he was going to be the first professional athlete to serve, uh, to be a registered mentor for the ACP. No, oh, ACP. American. It's an acronym they got here. Oh. American Corporate Partners. That was the oh. company name. Okay. Uh, there's also a quote. Quote, WWE has a long-standing history of supporting our nation's active service members, yep. veterans, and their families. Uh, this was something, once as Ford said. Uh, and they have. I mean, you look at the history of Tribute to the Troops that started in uh, 2001, I believe. Let's see. Yeah, I'm not seeing any specific reference to tribute to the troops in here well i mean wwe has been supportive of the troops and veterans regardless yeah i think we we saw like prompt advertisements for tributes to the troops mm -hmm. like twice now i think we watched tribute to the troops it was a smackdown special oh uh, yeah that was the one we saw i yeah. remember that there was a then he uh he went on to continue quote it is an honor to represent WWE as a part of this partnership with ACP and its outstanding part mentorship program. End quote. Then there's also some stuff in here about the company. Uh, should we go over that? Yeah, go for it. Uh, they start in 2008, and they pair person they personally pair applicants with uh, a mentor handpicked based on uh, career compatibility, experience, lo location, uh, experience level, personal interests, and and then there was a period, so I was supposed to stop after that. I'm not reading this in the order. It's, it's okay. It's all right. As long as you're kind of jumping around. Giving the people the news. Yeah. Uh, currently, there's more than 30,000 veterans and their families or here they say veterans and spouses uh, who are who have and who have finished 
their mentorship, which includes sort access to uh, res resume building and uh, interview preparation, networking opportunities, career exploration, small business development, and leadership and professional communication resources. Okay, I think I see what they what they're doing. So they're what they're basically what this company does is they help veterans who are just coming out of the military service or their spouses help them continue a career in whatever specialized field they had in the military or just uh, something that with their attributes and everything would match up with. That's, that's what it looks like. Quote, all of us at ACP are excited to begin our partnership with WWE. And quote, uh, Sidney L. Goodfriend, chairman of American... American corporate partners quote frequently our post 9-11 veteran protégés seek career guidance in the field of entertainment and we are delighted to be able to provide them with mentors from a top leader in the industry okay alright that's, uh, that's pretty very informative alright well, um, interesting turn of events that have happened down under in Australia. Uh, you had um, Grayson Waller and uh, L.A. Knight go on a uh, morning talk show, similar to kind of like what we have for like the Today Show, Good Morning America, thing, a uh, show like that in Australia. Um, well, they were on the show. To It was uh, called Sunrise. The show was called Sunrise. And uh, what they were going over was um, the upcoming Elimination Chamber that's going to be happening next month. Uh, that's going to take place in Perth, Australia. Um, they were there to promote it and everything. And uh, at one point, uh, the female co-host, Natalie Barr, had asked LA Knight to perform his finishing move, the uh, BFT, uh, on the show's floor manager. Uh, just, you know, for, for laughs, for giggles, um, LA Knight, you know, kind, just kind of respectfully declined and, uh, pretty much, you know, saying that if he did that maneuver, it would not go well for the crew member. And, uh, he went on ahead and passed that responsibility on to Grayson Waller. Well, immediately after hearing How this, he no, 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 listen, the floor manager then got into the shot of the camera and started shadow boxing and starting to look all kinds of tough and everything like he can take on Grayson Waller. Well, that's when Grayson Waller no longer in character had went off and snapped. Uh, saying, quote, I don't think you understand. If I come over there right now, you're going to have the police here because I'm not going to give you some punch. I'm going to punch you straight in the jaw. Uh, then he went on and continued and said, you know, I'm not going to be here and be disrespectful because this is a bit disrespectful. You coming at me and coming on like you're playing off being tough. You know, he, he was downright disrespected, he, he felt. And the host just calmly just kind of 
calming like things down. Saying, oh no, we're do. not disrespecting you. Da, da, da. Meanwhile, the male host is hiding behind the couch. Um, now, that sounds like something. This is talk show. but see, but th- but see, this isn't the first time that professional news reporters and wrestlers collide. Uh, there's the legendary interview when WWE did a tour in the Middle East that uh, Undertaker and Vader were on a show and the host flat out called wrestling being fake and everything and that's something you do not ever say to a wrestler ever at all that's the golden rule ever you do not say that what they do is fake Vader had snapped at this point Oh, and I, I think he attacked him. I think he, right? he, yeah, he attacked the guy. He slapped him around a little bit, pushed him, and said, "You know, I f- really don't feel respected with that question." You know, and you know, got pretty threatening. Same thing happened uh, to uh, reporters John Stossel and Richard Belzer. I'll give you an example. Stossel. It was the famous one that had happened with him when he had an altercation with Dr. D, David Schultz. He flat out said the same exact thing, but then Schultz went off and just slapped him dead in the face really hard and said, does that feel fake to you? You want to come into my face? You want to get in my face and insult me with the profession that I... This was back in like late 80s, early 90s went off on the guy said you want to insult what i do for a living that provides food for my family provides clothes for my kids you know just went off and slapped the dude another incident that had happened it was um uh a 2020 report uh richard belzer had gotten put in a headlock by hulk hogan and he passed out when this happened now when this happened hulk hogan noticing that he had him he had passed out he let him go and he fell on the back of his head oh that's bad when he did he busted his head open now at that time richard belzer had salt pepper colored hair okay he had a little bit of gray a little bit of white and everything there was suddenly a little bit he turned he gets up immediately and turns and he's like all right and his back of his head's facing the camera you see blood right here and hulk hogan noticed it and tried to be like hey man you're kind of bleeding you know he's like okay kind of turn the camera but he didn't see it so he didn't know <laughs> uh that's oof. surprisingly no lawsuits were given <laughs> on either incidents uh, not, not one of them not one of them mm. i right, mean who, who really kind of I know. It's kind of funny, though. Chris, you got word on uh, a report on uh, Deanna Perrazzo? Yeah. Seems she's making a lot of news reports around, it seems. Perrazzo watch. Well, no, she's already at AEW, so there's not really much of a watch we can do. Perrazzo watch. Uh, well, she was on a, uh, a thing with Jericho, uh, Talk is Jericho. Oh, on his podcast. Yeah. And she was basically talking about her her choice, her decision to leave TNA. Ah. Uh, talking about how she had a long championship reign. She did. And, and she worked with everyone in the locker room. Yeah. 
and there, there wasn't really much else stories she could have told. She, yeah. she had beaten everyone. Pretty much. I mean, she had a great reign in TNA. And she said, quote, I was the champion for a very long time, and, and in fact, I got to work with all of the women that were in, in our locker room, and it was just like, what other stories are there to tell? Everyone kind of put me over at at that point. I I beaten everybody. They kind of figured maybe I was on my way out, so I got to do the favors and put everyone else over on my way out. It was like, what else is there to do? There's no point in coming in. There's no point. Oh, sorry. All of that wrong. There's no one new coming in that I could work with. I don't know what else there is to tell here. Hmm. End quote. Interesting. So I okay. guess that's why she's with AEW now. Well, I mean, she, what, what's this, who's to say that won't happen again, you know? Oh, I beat everybody in AEW, so I'm going to move on back to w, I'm going to move on to WWE and when I beat everybody in WWE, I'm going to retire. I mean, that could be done within the span of 10 years. If all the companies are still there and exactly. haven't, you know, monopolized or ended up going under before then. All right. Well, to close out the news here, uh, Keith Lee had uh, spoken out finally about him going into uh, surgery. Not one, but uh, double surgeries. Saying, uh, saying here, and I quote, one, one leg, two legs irrelevant uh that's how we started the post and then uh, continued on by saying quote ask cage i was there you saw me just because doc pulled me doesn't make you safe you may be chosen but i'm real whatever the next meeting whenever the uh, wherever the next meeting happens i swear to god you're gonna regret that sil- every syllable that's a promise little homie of course he was uh Speaking on behalf of uh, what uh, Swerve Strickland had to, uh, was talking about, um, went on to continue to say, took roughly 19 years, but I guess it's my turn, he writes, uh, continuing on saying, quote, uh, time, to get, time to get fixed. Here's the double surgeries. Certainly one way to start... 2024 end quote hopefully he comes out of it all right well he didn't go into any further details on his injuries or what his surgeries were going to be going and doing and repairing so whatever surgeries he's undergoing we wish a very speedy recovery to keith lee i mean he is he is a texas native from wichita falls uh where also in fact wichita falls that is where the professional wrestling hall of fame is it's a physical actual professional wrestling hall of fame i mean it isn't like wwe where we just say you're in the hall of fame that's what w they've got that new company or they got the company's new building new new location uh they need to put out put in a you know, a physical Hall of Fame there now. Much like they have for the NFL in Canton, Ohio, where you have uh, all the busts of all the famous coaches, anyone that that contributed to the NFL. 
WWE needs to start doing that and have a physical one. A physical one. They don't have to have the busts or anything like that. But I digress. That's that's pretty much it for for the news. All right. Uh, we got a little bit more time here. Uh, just wanted to quickly. Um, just basically just want to do our listener shout out um, or not listener but follower shout out and um, just wanted to go ahead and add they just started following us today and um, it's just one man and he'll he, and I've seen his TikTok videos he does similar to what we do in, in this seg- with uh, one of our segments, and that's what happened on this day in the world of professional wrestling. Uh, his TikTok page is Wrestling With History. It's um, a good name. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much he does what our segment on this day in history does. He'll just take one piece of uh, wrestling history and uh, put it out on TikTok, which... I mean, that's great. So, um, welcome. Welcome to the Cross Promo Pro Wrestling Podcast. And uh, w- welcome to our TikTok page. Thanks for following us. We followed back, by the way. Uh, and we do, and I know I got to go through quite a few here, uh, that we have definitely got to go through and kind of follow back on some of these followers. Because, um, I mean, they took the time to look at our page and follow us back. So, I mean, let's be more respectful to them, you know. All right. So, for um, Dynamite, what is the one thing that you could take away from the episode of Dynamite tonight? Let's see. Uh... Good, surprising, not a squash match with actually Hook and... Actually, sorry. Do this. How about do this? Uh, take one good thing from AEW Dynamite and one bad thing from AEW Dynamite. What's uh, your good thing? Good thing I'm going to say that main event match. Okay. I'm, Not a squash match. Uh, a lot of surprises came out of that. Yeah. Including the table finally being broken and Hook somehow managing to pick up and slam Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, what were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, uh, the good thing I would take away, Swerve Strickland. Oh, yeah, Swerve Strickland, too. I mean, he's he's got a – he's won the fans over. And he acknowledged that with um, – Acknowledged. Uh-huh. <laughs> Sorry. Why are you doing your Beavis and Butthead impression right now? You just mm-hmm. giggle at any word and everything. Anyway – it was in that interview that he was going, uh, talking about, yeah, I may have lost that continental tournament to win the continental title, but who are the people talking most about right now? And it, and it is, it's Swerve Strickland. People were wanting Strickland to at least win a title. So, and now it's looking like he's going to be kind of going after Samoa Joe. Yeah. And I think it would be a fitting title for him. And it's I've, I'm thinking if they don't have like elimination matches, see who number one contender is for that title, then they'll end up having a big match at the pay per view. 
it's hopefully well the way that they're making it look it looks like they may have a triple threat match on their hands between Samoa Joe or Fatal 4-Way because you got Wardlow wanting that title too that's true he may kind of intervene intervene with that but the way that they've got it going it looks like it will be a triple threat with Hangman Adam Page Samoa Joe and Swerve Strickland now if they do something else, say Adam Page and Swerve Strickland have a one-on-one match and the winner takes on Samoa Joe at, say, Revolution, uh, that could possibly happen too. I mean, if the event is mar- on March 3rd. That's the next upcoming pay-per-view. So, um, who's to say? Um What's the bad thing you'll take away from this uh, from this week's episode of Dynamite? Let's have your bad thing first. <laughs> no, I want to hear yours first. Um, let's see, bad thing. Um, wasn't really the the biggest fan of what's going on with the Young Bucks. I would say that was my bad thing too. I was about to say that's why I said you go that first. That was that was my bad thing because that's going to kind of lead into this quick little, uh, I guess rant or whatever. Rant watch. Or no, we said it was going to be we said, rant watch. We said it was going to be vet watch. I don't know why I started the mute the news. Uh, I guess muscle memory <laughs> force of habit. Muscle, yeah, force of habit. Anyway, um. What I was wanting to speak on is uh, this whole thing that's been happening with Tony Khan and Twitter and everything like that. Him getting support from Powerhouse Hobbs. And, um, I mean, as a wrestling fan, done in poor taste. And now you've got the Young Bucks who are turning into... I feel like the main plague here would be Twitter. It, it would be because it's like so much needless drama comes from Twitter. That is very well. Social media in general, that too. But um, you know, you see the Young Bucks, and you say you've been a Young Bucks fan pretty much their whole career. They have now went corporate. They dress in fancy clothing now. They have this mentality of similar to Vince McMahon of, well, we're the executive VPs. Uh, We needed to go ahead and take our job a little more seriously. And uh, we'll pull some strings and be a part of this Sting going away match thing. And then mentioning how Sting is a breed of a dying breed of uh, their AEW talent where it was completely op- and completely opposite of what they were trying for and that was something new fresh and you know revolutionary you know and to change the world and um they said they lost sight of that of their goal for AEW and they got caught up in the hype and everything and but at the same time if they act on that now i mean didn't they have some kind of sponsorship with some Ric Flair energy drink what happens if they get rid of Ric Flair I don't think they're going to get rid of Ric Flair, but when Sting's gone, so is Ric Flair, because who's Ric Flair going to be there for? Because his son-in-law is not with AEW anymore. If you, a lot of the, the big names are older guys. Yeah. You look at Adam Copeland, Christian Cage, Dustin Rhodes, uh, Chris Jericho, you know, 
they basically the young bucks in this interview tonight basically summed it summing up they're complaining about that and then they had to subliminally mention cm punk someone that uh they said they had invited poison and toxicity and you know cancer into their locker room blah 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 and it's like okay you want to take a jab at cm punk personally as a wrestling fan i'm not liking this at all i'm not a big fan of this at all i'm not a big fan of granted yeah i know it's a way for wrestling promotions to get more ratings and you know it's like playing gm mode on smack on on any wwe game you know uh like the old like the very first edition of gm mode in smackdown versus raw where you could slander the other promotion or uh, slander the other brand and all this other stuff. Well, and it always seemed to backfire. It would seem to backfire if you did it, but I'm just tired of it. Not to mention some of the other issues and dramas that are coming out of AEW. I mean, yeah, they've got enough on their plate right now. They've got a thing going on with Chris Jericho. They've got Tony Khan donald trumping things with twitter i mean going on twitter and just tweeting whatever he feels and don't get me wrong i'm all about free speech okay but when you are a ceo a president of a company and you want to lash out or insult or anything like that or criticize another company because they mention something negative about you or uh, the channel that they have their shows on lashes out at you about how uh, you judge your ratings and everything when you present ratings, but you want to lash out at the company at the, the cable channel company that has their shows that puts out their shows, two of their weekly shows. It's like when you blame the, the other company for your game doing worse even though your game doesn't have features that definitely should be there on launch and are in literally every other game that you've made. Um, Which I, the funny thing is that happened. It, it, I know, I know. It, but, it was hilarious to see. But my point, my point on that is the, the mudslinging as a wrestling fan, it can be a little bit entertaining a little bit, but then it can become too much. I mean, WCW did that way too much with mudslinging about the other company you would have this guy that would pose as jim ross and jim ross is a com was a commentator with wwe at that time and they were making fun of jim ross's uh little uh, uh little stroke issue that he had where his face had suffered from palsy to where his face would droop is that what that's called? Well, something it was something similar too, but they were making fun of Jr. for that. Then WWE would fire back with making fun of Ted Turner and him having Macho Man and Hulk Hogan and everything and everyone that used to be WWE back in the eighties and bought brought them to WCW. It was too much of that going on. And granted, that was during the Monday Night Wars, and what wwe did from what i've from what i witnessed growing up during that time wwe didn't do much mudslinging except for their little vignettes when they would take little pokes and fun at ted turner and wcw every I now just and had then. a funny thought hang on um 
But WCW did it worse. They would poke fun and do that too, but then they would also spoil and give you results of raw tapings. Like the infamous one that they did when Tony Giovanni uh, said that uh, Cactus Jack, or formerly Cactus Jack Mankind, uh, Mick Foley, is going to be winning their main title, their world title. And that's when a bunch of people switched over to Raw, Raw and is like, really? Well, I got to see this. So as a wrestling fan, I'm happy to be a wrestling fan because I don't have one, personally myself, I don't have one promotion that I like more than the other. I just like wrestling. I'm a fan of pro wrestling since I was a little kid. I would watch wwe i would watch wcw i at the time when they were still on the air i would watch awa you know i would just watch wrestling if it you had two guys in a 20 by 20 ring surrounded by ropes and has a crowd around them i was watching it you know and i mean i don't care which company is better than the other okay let me be the judge of that. I don't need one company getting on my TV and telling me about the other company and bashing the other company. Why don't you stick with Or bashing me? you for liking the other company. Or bashing or uh, fans will do that too. Yeah, that is true. And I mean, thing, I'm I'm done with the And the funny thing is that's not an issue exclusive to wrestling. Is the funny part. Yeah. That's true. But when when it comes to professional wrestling, I, I'm sick of it, and I don't need anyone from WWE getting on my TV and telling me, uh, in a subliminal way, to not like the other competition. You know, and I don't need AEW doing the same thing, which they're doing, and I don't want them on my social media feed telling me that same crap too. Just let me be a wrestling fan and enjoy wrestling, and I will decide what company is better, okay? I don't need another company telling me that. I certainly don't need the company's CEO making fun of the other company about how they book matches, okay? It depends on the wrestlers on how good the match is. It doesn't matter how long it's been since they've won a championship or how long it's been since they won a match or what their record is i don't care if the two men you put into that ring in front of a live audience and on national tv if you had made the match you think that these two guys can make this match and make it entertaining i will watch it and i will be a ju the judge if it was a good match or not now if i were to right now Currently, right now, as as far as this week, I have watched. We have watched Raw and we have watched Dynamite. Out of the two matches that I that we watched right now, and they've been and they're named both of their matches. Their main event matches are match of the night. Seth Rollins versus Ginger Mahal and uh, Samoa Joe versus Hook. Both good matches. I don't like one match above the other. That's why they're match of the night. Because they were really good. They delivered. 
So as a wrestling fan, again, I, I, I'm I'm tired of this bashing and then bashing other people when they're no longer with your company. Yeah, that I think is even that that is just as bad if not maybe worse. Yeah. So I mean, you're gonna bash a guy that left your company months ago because he had an altercation with someone backstage and someone had feared for their life. Yeah. Tony Khan. So, I mean, I don't mind sometimes when, you know, like what CM Punk did with his promotion, talking about Kevin Owens going around punching people in the face and all that stuff. You know, he doesn't need that kind of hostile work environment. It was a jab at Tony Khan and rightfully so, because he was trying to make that company better and wanted to work with the younger talent to make them better. That was CM Punk's goal. But their younger talent in AEW is like what older people are trying to do with younger people and teaching them on how to thrive in this world. And all the young people do is just shrug them off and go, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, what I'm doing works and I'm going to stick with it kind of thing. That's what happened with CM Punk in AEW. Okay, that's what happened over there. He comes and then you see when CM Punk came back to WWE, he hasn't had a full televised. He hasn't had a televised match yet. He hasn't thrown. Uh, I mean, you see everyone made a big deal about his in-ring debut technically at Madison Square Garden when he took on Ray Mis- or Dominic Mysterio. You were about to say, Ray. No, 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 no. I'm on a roll here. Yeah. Now. What he has done, he has went to the Performance Center and has talked to younger talent and helped younger talent, coach younger talent. He's doing what he wanted to do in AEW, and he's doing it in WWE. And now that the AEW is seeing what he's doing, and it's working. It's the same thing he wanted to do with them, but now he's doing it with a different company. Exactly. That's what I just said. Oh. But now AEW sees this, and now they still want to bash him. They jealous, or maybe maybe it's a personal thing. It's a personal thing, and they made it personal. CM Punk didn't want to make it personal, but when you had Hangman Adam Page cutting a promo on CM Punk, you know, or as they call it in professional wrestling, going to business for yourself. You know, CM Punk wasn't ready for that promo the way that Hangman Adam Page was going for it. Telling him, you know, the only, you know, I'm here to protect the people in the back from you. You know, CM Punk didn't appreciate that promo. That's what he meant at that press conference on Adam Page uh, going into business for himself and then having to deal with his... Hangman Adam Page's friends, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, he and you know at that point CM Punk was fed up. He's saying, "All I'm doing is just working with children. I'm working with kids. I'm not working with young, hungry professional wrestlers that want to make something out of this out of this business or out of this company." He was at he was at a point where he was getting sick and tired of 
wanting to help elevate this, help elevate AEW. You know, that's what he was trying to do. But then he's getting pushed back. So he had enough, and that's what he—that's what he was trying to get by at that press conference. You know, when he went at that AEW press conference, he was frustrated. He was fed up. So now he goes to WWE, makes up with Triple H, saying, "Hey, I realize now. In the end, I was—I was the jerk. I apologize." Triple H said, "I apologize too. Let's make some money. Let's make this company." thrive let's make it better first thing that cm punk does goes to the performance center where the developmental wrestlers that are wrestling for nxt or haven't even gone into nxt or haven't debuted in nxt yet he's working with them on how to hone their craft in and what do these people do they revere him they respect him and go okay i see what he's saying because if I listen to CM Punk or any other veteran that comes through those doors at the Performance Center and gives me tips, they've been on TV. They've won championships. They're known around the world by their na- with their name. If I want to get to that level, I need to pay attention to him. AEW, on the other hand, no. I'm going to do my own thing. Beat my own drum. I don't care if anyone tries to coach me. I ain't going to do it. Case in point, Jack Perry. Hmm. He was being told, no, don't do the glass bit. What does he do? I'll do my own thing and did the glass bit. Now what has happened to him? Tore up his AEW contract on New Japan and wrestles for New Japan now. Whereas wrestlers that had walked away from WWE or had been released have found jobs in AEW, TNA. Trinity is going to be coming back. If Trinity comes back to WWE, there's hope for Monet Watch. Oh, you didn't do the news music thing. But that was my takeaway from what the all that stemming from what the young bucks said it was basically their way of saying this is our company we're going to run it the way we want to granted yes i understand it was all for show it was all a gimmick it was all you know it was all a work i get it and i know you know it was scripted and everything but the vibe and after everything that's been going on between it going on inside AEW, it's come to that point from what I've seen as a wrestling fan to where I'm saying enough is enough. CM Punk isn't there. He hasn't been there in months and you still want to bash him because you're upset because he's actually getting more numbers into WWE and you've seen what he's done on social media He's posting pictures of him at W at the performance center and everything. That was my takeaway from what the young bucks did. All I think, all I'm seeing is AEW digging a hole deeper in instead of digging out. What do you think? I think the same thing. Like 
the the issue the controversies they've got now which i mean look look at the the thing they got with chris jericho right which we oh, still yeah we the still with uh kylie ray or whatever and we still don't know if that's 100 percent or not Let's see then you have the thing on twitter oh, but, but the thing is when when asked about it Tony Khan didn't want to have anything to say about it. Even that already makes asked, it look you know, suspicious. Yeah. Are, are there any, is there any investigation going on with Chris Jericho and the allegations that were put against him? Tony Khan doesn't say anything. So it's like, this is your top guy, your big guy. The When you announced that AEW was, was going to become a professional wrestling company, I remember watching that whole entire press conference and the big thing was Chris Jericho was going to join this company. A guy that's been with WWE for nearly almost 20-some years. Almost at that point. And he jumped ship to join AEW, this new wrestling promotion. But you have nothing... But Tony Khan, you got nothing to say about you guys even investigating someone accusing your top guy of doing wrong yeah and i think uh with that one there definitely is some people who he, he could just look to to figure out what he's supposed to do because there was this youtuber a while back who had some false allegations and he he took a he took a bit of a break and he came out with a, a an official statement on what had happened and it, right uh and he was able to disprove the rumors and that's all they need to do, but they, but it doesn't look like that's what they're doing right right now. Uh, and then the funny thought I had earlier was, what if this undisputed kingdom thing ends up turning into like the AEW version of the NWO for WCW? That is actually a really funny thought. Yeah, you're right. Because I mean, they they're trying to be this big dominant faction. They're all wearing like black and white. That that's like their main colors from from what it looks like so far. And I don't know. Huh. At this point. That's actually a very interesting thought. Very interesting thought. And, you know, you would think, okay, you got Tony Khan who's going to be the, um, going to be like the uh, Eric, Eric Bischoff. Bischoff. But, no, you've already got your Eric Bischoffs. They go by uh, the names of now Nicholas and Matthew Jackson. Okay, you, it's basically Bischoff 2.0. Literally. <laughs> Literally, because there's two of them now. Because they're going to be including themselves in storylines. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if you see them actually join up with the Undisputed Kingdom. Because they were friends with Adam Page at one point. Back in the Ring of Honor days when Adam Page was uh, leading the Bullet Club. Guess who else was in the Bullet Club? The Young Bucks. The Young Bucks. Kenny Omega. Hangman Adam Page. They were all in a faction. Or in a stable, rather. <laughs> so, who's to say? Young Bucks may join the Undisputed Kingdom. And the Undisputed Kingdom would be ruling all of AEW because they've got the backing of the executive vice presidents. 
much like how NWO got the backing from Bischoff because Bischoff was the quote-unquote president of WCW. Or better yet, no, what it was uh, happening, you had Ted Turner, who was the president of WCW. Eric Bischoff was the one that was like running the show. You had the financial backing of Ted Turner and the CEO label onto WCW, but the person that would be visibly looking like he's running the show is Eric Bischoff. Same thing with AEW. The Ted Turner is Tony Khan. The Young Bucks, Eric Bischoff. That's all it is. That's how I'm I'm calling it like I see it. We we're seeing history repeat itself. You either learn from you learn from your history or you're doomed to repeat it. And AEW looks to be heading that way. You're getting WWE guys. You're coming up with some crazy matchups. I mean, coming up on Rampage Friday, you have Darby Allen taking on Jeff Hardy. For what? Was there an altercation that they had that we didn't see backstage? I don't think I even what, remember. What's the purpose of the match? I don't even think I remember hearing about that one. No. Or or did it pop up in like the corner of the... It popped up in the corner and they announced it for Rampage. I lined up for Rampage. I wasn't really paying attention to the corner. Well, that's what happened. But huh. There, there's no rhyme or reason or story behind why are these two men in the ring facing each other. And I know Jim Cornette has probably mentioned that before in his podcast. Because you look back at old school wrestling, the matches, some most of the matches that weren't squash matches had a story behind it. Like the Midnight Rockers taking on the Midnight Express. There was a it was a storyline there. You know? <clears throat> Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair having their rivalry. Dusty Rhodes finding guys to help him take on the four horsemen. There's a story. You look back at some of the go- the greatest rivalries or greatest matches. It had a story behind it. You know, you look at one here recently, you know, you have um, the stuff with the bloodline was one the I bloodline. That's a perfect one because, you, I mean, you had the Cody Rhodes storyline. You had the Sami Zayn storyline. Then you had the Usos going against Roman Reigns storyline. And all of those matches there had a story with them. Yeah. In AEW. You had a storyline going on between uh, Sky Blue and Julia Hart. And then you had MJF and Adam Cole, but right now MJF is on... Uh, he, he's he's injured. on injured reserve. Yeah. I forgot what the name for it was. But you've got a storyline right there. So, I mean, I know I say so a lot, but... I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. Listeners, tell me if I'm wrong. I know we don't do this hardly ever, but as a wrestling fan, I'm I'm 
getting pretty sick and tired of it. Just let me watch my wrestling and let me enjoy it. I took the time out of my day to watch your program. And I watched it because of the wrestling. I didn't watch it because I wanted to see people insult one another that are on separate companies that can't be there to defend themselves or hear about things going on in my social media page about uh, a wrestling company CEO bashing another company on how they promote when you don't have any room to speak when it comes to how you book matches. So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to get down off my soapbox and get done and be done with it because I'm, I'm just wanting to put it out there. And if you guys have the same thoughts, let me know. Cause I'm, I want to know, am I the only one that actually thinks this way? You know, call me crazy. Am I the only one? I don't know. I mean, that may be something I'm going to have to put out on TikTok and get a response and get back with you guys on this show to talk about. So, uh, anything else, Chris, before we take off here? Uh, I don't know. No, nah. any, any, any closing remarks or anything before we end it off here? No, not really. All right. Well, maybe like one, but that's more like, I would say mostly with the uh, social media stuff, I don't really use social media, so I don't really know what's going on on that. The The whole TwitterCon, TwitterCon, that's what we're calling it TwitterCon. now. TwitterCon. TwitterCon, that's what we're calling the situation now. For all you Trekkies out there, fellow Trekkies. But uh, with that, I that came as a surprise. I didn't know he did any of that. Yeah. I, it came as a surprise to me whenever I heard about it and saw it, and I'm like, Really? At first, it was at, funny. In the beginning, I thought it was someone that was posing as Tony Khan on social media because people can't make fake accounts. I know I get asked by several fake accounts that they put themselves off as being an actual professional wrestler saying, you know, trying to follow me. And it's like, no, I know you're not the real account because I follow the real account. But I, I, I see what you're saying, though. All right. Well, that just about does it here for us. All right. Well, like I said, you can reach out to us on social media. Uh, I, I assure you, we will not be bashing any podcasts or any other re- or any wrestling fans on our TikToks or social media because it's not worth it. You know, we're all a family. We're all a res- We're all wrestling fans. So let's act like it. So you can find us on Facebook, on X, formerly Twitter. It's catchy. Uh, you can also or, find us on Instagram. Or should it be funny and start call- we'll, we'll, we'll do it normal this time where it's X, formerly Twitter, but next time we'll do Twitter, formerly X, just yeah. because it's funny. We'll go um, back and forth on that. Yeah. You can also find us on TikTok. We'll be putting out some videos and still keep an eye on our YouTube channel. We're about to get that out. Chris, where can they find us on uh, email? crosspromopod at gmail.com please get on there and ask us any questions you may want well as far as the cross promo pro wrestling podcast i'm kevin and i'm chris 
we gone. Felt better to get that off my chest. I had my pipe bomb moment. My God. Now I know how CM Punk felt. Huh. Well, I wonder what kind of feedback I'm going to get if I put this out on TikTok now. <laughs>